Hey everyone, welcome into another episode of the Financially Free Investor. I am super excited today for you to join me with a conversation I had with uh, Wes and Dave. Um, they're two custom home builders in Park City, Utah, and we're, we just talked about a ton of stuff from growth to how they got here doing $5 million spec homes in Park City. So anyways, here you go. Welcome to another episode of the Financially Free Investor, where you will learn information and strategies on how to become financially independent by investing in real estate, something that is not taught openly in our society today. Financial freedom matters so you can live a bigger life, retire early, and do what matters most to you. Get ready to hear tried and true methods to becoming financially free with your host, Jordy Clark. episode. Uh, it's live in person. I've never done this before. And I've also never done a dual interview where we're interviewing two different people. So uh, we've got Dave and Wes with Harwood Homes today. Uh, they build very custom, very beautiful homes um, in Summit County, which if you're not familiar with Summit County, most people know Park City. Um, these are multi-million dollar homes. Uh, this one that we're sitting in is Beautiful. It's on a golf course. There's a pond. I'm surprised we don't see any elk or moose out there. But um, absolutely beautiful, beautiful homes. So yeah, I mean, I want to jump into everything you guys are doing here because I think it's really cool. Um, why don't you jump in and kind of, Dave, tell people your backstory, who you are, how you got here. Awesome. Thanks, Jordy. Thanks for having us on. This is super exciting. Um, yeah, to give you kind of an idea, so I got into real estate about 2015. Um, we had bought our house in 2012. It was our first home. It was a home that somebody flipped. It was kind of at the end of the market uh, downturn of you know 0708, and we were able to pick this house up. It was a, a like I say, somebody had flipped this house, and we thought, hey man, we could we could do this. And so, you know, over the next couple of years, I went to some different seminars and wanted to learn how to get into real estate. Um, ended up finding a group and went through their training uh, education platform, got into the investing side. Um, we started out flipping homes. I'd partner up with some different people, had my first flip that was in uh, Oakley, Utah, actually, uh, where we live now. And it was one of those deals where we ended up breaking even. It was awesome. We were $75,000 over budget. And uh, it was a killer learning experience to say the least. And it's funny because one of our buddies now owns that house and he totally went in and remodeled it again. But um, it was a great learning experience into what the world of real estate could hold. Um, after that, started doing, um, you know, picked up a couple rental properties. I, I got a home equity line on my house and started lending it as a hard money lender um, and started just learning the ropes. And you know, as time went on, I thought, hey, this might be a good idea to get my real estate license just so I can you know, do my own transactions. Um, the broker that I went with at the beginning was a friend of mine who was, a, who was my hard money guy. And so I ended up getting my license and going down that, you know, transaction treadmill, so to speak, and, you know, doing a few deals here and there. Um, and then kind of got out of real estate for a little while. We ended up selling the two homes, our two rental properties did really well on them. We ended up making a couple hundred grand. And you know, we remodeled our house and it was right around the COVID time and totally checked out. 
and started thinking, okay, well, what do I want to do next? Um, and it's really funny because we were driving around in Southfield, which was an area where um, Wes had done his first home that he had, well, not his first home that he built, but it was the first one that I'd seen. I was like, who's this Harwood guy? I, I got to figure who out this guy is. And so it took five years before we finally actually met. And um, we met because we had talked, you know, I had a, a mutual friend that knew him. And one night we were at a, like a school choir concert or something. These kids were in it and I was there and we met. And from there, um, we thought, well, shoot, let's start a mastermind group. And so Wes got an invite and here we are eight months later and we've started um, working together to develop a whole nother aspect of Harwood Homes and in, in building these custom spec homes. Awesome. Cool. So Wes, let's jump into your story. Tell us a little bit. Yeah. So no, no, super stoked for, for being on. Thanks for having us, man. Um, it's exciting. Um, but no, so mine started in 2004. Um, so I graduated college, had a business management degree, um, started mowing lawns because I couldn't find a job. So started a landscaping company, got to where we're mowing like 120 lawns a week, um, build a really good business. But I'm like, gosh, got to be something more. And I've always been interested in real estate. So same thing like Dave, I got into real estate. I got my license because I'm like, oh, I'll buy my own deals and save 3%, you know. Um, so got going. I, I was trying to run landscaping and real estate at the same time. Um, I remember a guy named Rick Roller, he taught one of my classes. Like, if you want to be serious about real estate, you have to go dive in feet first. So I sold my landscaping business, basically gave it away, went into real estate full time. Um, you know, started being an agent, um, got into flipping some homes. So um, flipped a couple homes. My first one was in West Jordan. Um, did really well on that, actually. I think we ended up making like 30, 40 grand on it. Um, did another one in Salt Lake City. Same thing, did really well. Um, then 07, 08 hit. So like everybody in real estate, it pretty much got their butts kicked that I know of. Um, I thought I was the only one. And so I kind of got scared and, and uh, so I'm like, I need something more consistent. Um, so I decided to become a fireman. So I basically wrote off real estate for almost 10 years. So I was a fireman from 2010 till 2019. And I still did real estate in, in between. Um, but in 2017, I'm like, God, there's gotta be something more. Like I'm just barely making it. I was working literally had four jobs. So I was like working full time as a fireman. Um, I was a maintenance guy. I was still doing real estate on the side. I was, you know, just had random jobs and we just barely treading water. And I'm like, mm. I know there's something more out there for me. I just know it. Um, and so I started looking at building homes cause I knew I had the, the experience in real estate. So I was like assessing the market up here in Camas Valley and I've seen lots for sale for like 50, 60 grand. And you know, they're $500,000, $600,000 homes. And so I'm like, God, oh, the numbers work. So I decided to build my very first home. I built a spec home. Um, and I think we sold it for like 550, that first home. And it was hard. It was the hardest one because I had to do it from scratch. I had to find the money, had to get the loan, had to figure out how to build a house. I literally had never done it. Um, and I think I was just dumb enough to try. Like, I think that's one of the, the keys of success. You hear a lot of people saying is like, you have to literally be dumb enough to just not believe that you can fail and just do it. Um, so we did it. Um, I did one a year. So in 17 and 18, I did one per year. And then in 2019, I decided to do two. And so I'm juggling my fire job. I had quit all the other side jobs. And at that point, I couldn't do both. I literally couldn't do firefighting and build homes. And so I'm like, okay, I'm feeling pretty good about the home thing at that point. Um, obviously, it's right for COVID. Little did I know. If I would, I'm glad I didn't know. Um, so dove right in. I literally, you know, 
retired. Um, I had, I have just about 10 years on. So I literally like cashed out my pension, my 401k and invested it all into dirt in Summit County. It's like literally I have no retirement because I cashed it all out for pennies on the dollar, took all the fines and fees and everything. I didn't care. And I put it all into dirt up here. Um, and then we started going full time, um, building. Um, and then I partnered with my brother-in-law Bryce and he is just phenomenal. He knows construction. He, he's a master electrician. So, you know, we started building together and then we kind of set up the business to where he was on site doing all of the, like basically hands-on construction. And I was running kind of business side of the business. Um, so then my job became attracting investors and, you know, worrying about the permitting, worrying about, you know, we started Builder Trend, which is the number one construction management software tool. So leaning into the software, um, working with the investors, like I said, and just basically trying to grow the business. Um, you know, fast forward to now, I think we turned down 60 build jobs last year. There's just a huge need because we basically decided, hey, we want to build high-end custom spec homes. Um, and the reason we do that is it's it's really nice because we can control our product. It turns out the way we want it. And at the end, it's, it's Harvard Homes. It's our product. It turned out how we envisioned. Um, whereas when you work with a customer or a client, they end up doing it how they want. And then there's problems and issues, timeframes, things slow down whether it's just so it's been really fun to build them how we want our trade partners tend to love it because they can have input on how the home's built. They might see something really cool that they saw like, Hey, like I saw this thing in this other house we did. I'm like, Oh dude, do it. Like, it's awesome. Um, so we've had a lot of fun doing it. Um, you know, we kind of have scaled up every home that we built. Like we started at 500, then went to six and then seven fifty, a million, one million, five, two, five, four, five. I mean, we just basically never got comfortable. Like we were always elevating like the price of home. So we're always learning something new. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, okay, at some point we're going to build a high end of enough home that we aren't surprised by something new. Like, like the next home we're doing, like we're doing like in floor heat. So we've never done that in an entire house. We have a boiler system, basically have a loop system. We have hot water going through all the floors, um, a radiant heat. That's, we've never done that. So we're doing that in our next home. Um, but anyway, I think I answered a long, very long-winded way, but here we are. So we're basically at the point where I met Dave. Like Dave said, what a great last name, Deal. Like the guy makes deals. So um, good guy. And I'd seen his name around. I'd seen his trucks. And I always wanted to meet him too. It was kind of funny. We were always on the same page. Just we never knew it. Um, but yeah, I met with Dave and instantly realized that like his mindset is so similar to mine. Is he's always positive. The glass is always half full. Like I've always had this energy that I'm excited about new deals. Like I, I think my energy kind of wears a lot of people out because I'm always thinking about new deals and new things and excitement, connecting people and networking. And Dave's the same way. So like you put these two ADD kids in the room and we're just, we can come up with so many ideas, but it's been awesome too, because we just have complimented each other really well. And, and um, I think we're really working hard to not only like build another branch of Harvard homes, where we're able to, you know, basically scale it out and build more homes. Um, but we're connecting with other people, we're connecting with local people, we're connecting with, you know, trade partners are local. We treat our trade partners great. We pay them fast. We do good work. Like we, we have quality relationships with everybody across the board who we work with from all the way from like our excavators all the way to our clients. Like we just have really worked hard to build a brand that we're proud of that people know like, Hey, Harvard Homes, this means quality. Like, and this means that these guys stand behind their homes. Like they, you know, and like I said, even down to our investors, like my, my main motto is like, I do what I say and I say what I do. So, and my, our primary investor teases me because he's like, that's what you do. He goes, you said it so many times that you do that. Like if we give them a deadline, we hit it. If we give them price points, we hit them. 
Um, we really work hard. We're very transparent. Um, whether it's good or bad, we tell people the truth. We're honest. Um, and I think that was lacking because that's why I wanted to become a builder because as an agent, I represented so many of my clients in front of builders. And, and I don't want to throw builders under the bus, but so many of them didn't do what they say. They didn't say what they did. The prices weren't right. They just weren't, they didn't communicate. So I thought, man, if I ever were a builder, be honest, be transparent. I try to educate my clients on what was going on. Um, so those were kind of some of the gaps that I saw as an agent that gave me a unique perspective into being a builder that now I feel like I can bring to the world. And as Dave and I grow our businesses, like we're really striving to do that, to bring quality communication to everybody across the board, from our investors, to our clients, to our trade partners. Um, so it's been fun. We're, we're excited. We've got a lot of cool things ahead of us. So. Yeah, no, I agree. It's uh, It's been awesome touring this house. This house is listed at 5.5 million, is yep. that what you said? Um, which like blows me away. Like that's, it's beautiful. Um, so props to you guys. Great. You guys do great work. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And you know, I grew up a contractor son, kind of like we were talking about before. And there's a lot of stuff in here that I can appreciate um, because I, I get how hard it is to get trades back and mm -hmm. forth and you're doing the whole dance. And um, initially you told me you built this house in nine months, yep. which is like production builders. <laughs> strive to build in nine months yeah. right um like i've i've bought a few investment properties at new construction and you know it's nine to 12 months is kind of that timeline and in fact i've got another one that we were supposed to close on we're well we should get co in a month but i closed on the land a year ago and it's a townhouse yeah. in american nice. fork like yeah. you know and it's just like i i have a flip that i've been doing for 16 months because Sometimes people just don't come back, right? Yeah, and then yeah. like contractors don't communicate. Hey, my drywall guy, like I had a one GC call me. You'll appreciate this on a flip. It's the one I've been doing for 16 months. He called me up and he's like, hey, uh, just wanted to let you know, my drywall guy showed up today to do the drywall. And this is a year ago, by the way. Showed up to do the drywall and he wanted an extra $2,500, which is, it's an extra dollar a square foot essentially. And he's like, I told him to pound sand. And I was like, okay, that's great. But why didn't you just tell him to do it? And he's like, oh, well, it's outrageous. And I was like, okay, well, I agree. However, we're behind on schedule. We need to get this house wrapped up. And again, this is a year ago, <laughs> almost a year ago. So that house then sat vacant for almost four months before he got another drywaller out there. So him saving me $2,500 cost me $8,000 a month times four months in holding costs, mm -hmm. right? So like a lot of the times, yeah, it's annoying when trades do that. But anyways, I just think it, back to my original point, I think it's phenomenal you guys built this house in nine months because uh, I think if there's anything that will kill any deal, it's time, mm -hmm. right? Whether that's a spec home, whether that's whatever it may be, like the longer it takes to complete something, in life and real estate oh, and yeah. construction that will kill a deal so I, just, right. I think it's one to add to that too is um two things for that one is bryce my partner i mean he's here on our job sites every single day with lex our, our employee and so they're making sure everything's here they're making sure the materials are here they're helping our trade partners they're they're literally hands-on so i mean that's that's by far the number one reason 
Um, but I think too, like as investors, we're making our decisions from an investment standpoint and not an emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times homeowners are making it emotionally. And so we're like, okay, well, if we're gonna change the railing, like that's gonna cost us an extra month. Then I'm doing the math in my head. Okay, that's gonna cost 28,000, whatever the number is for interest, extra you know, cost. And so um, the other thing is like, we're removing that emotion, so we're keeping it on task. So yeah. we're literally like, yeah, like I said, that's probably I'd say the biggest thing is removing that emotion from our process and saying, hey, this is a business and we're gonna finish this house in this time frame. So, and again, I think the other thing is, is like our management software tools too. Like everybody's on board. We're really working on leaning into that with our trade partners to where they're integrated into it as well. So they're getting reminders. Like they'll get a reminder that says, hey, like you're supposed to start drywall next week on this house. Like, yeah. and also it's like, hey, you also need to finish by this point too. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's a big communication thing, but yeah, it's, we built Bryce's house in two months and 28 days. Yeah. So we've done a home in three months, yeah. like dig to done. So, I mean, these homes are obviously much more complicated, but you know, if it's done right and you're nailing your time frames, a home can be built in three months easy. Oh, for sure. I think taking care of the trades too are a huge thing. You yeah. know, watching what Wes and Bryce have been able to build up to this point. Um, you know, another really cool aspect is social media, right? Wes has been posting a lot on social media and his trades follow his social media. And so they see and they'll call him and say, hey, I saw you had this go in. You know, you're ready for me pretty soon, aren't you? You know, and so using the, the different tools that are out there and just making sure you're taking care of people, I think is a huge component of getting the deal done. Yeah, that's awesome. So talk, let's go back to you guys' progression because I think, you know, a lot of people, we all have these mental blocks, right? I'm sure you guys pushed through this where you went from a $500,000 spec home to 700 to 1.1 to now all of a sudden, not that many years later, you guys are doing $5 million, $10 million spec homes. Right. A lot of times what I hear from newer investors and you know, I'm totally guilty of this myself is like you get stuck in this comfort zone. And it's funny because the last podcast that, that dropped yesterday I literally talked about, you know, there's no growth in the comfort zone and there's no comfort in the growth zone. And yet here I am trying to relearn my lesson from you guys where you push through price points. Because a lot of the times I think we tell ourselves like, oh, well, I can't go into the next price point because then I'm going to fail and I'm going to lose all my money and I'm going to die. Right. Like, and we instantly go to the worst case scenario. But how do you guys push through and how have you pushed through to go and step up into these bigger deals? Because, you know, if people do the math, let's just say hypothetically your profit margin stays the same on a $500,000 house versus a $5 million house. And we've just gone over the fact that it takes you nine months to complete this. Now your profit can, can be, you know, you add a zero essentially in the same amount of time, the same effort, like, and we were just talking about 10x in your business. But I think what stops a lot of people, and I'm totally guilty of this myself, is like the self-imposed regulations and, oh, I can't do it because whatever. So how do you guys push through that? You know, I think for me coming into this on the newer side, you know, I always thought the luxury market was such a killer, you know, opportunity and there's big numbers in it. And like you said, you know, it's just adding another zero onto it. And so, you know, from a newer perspective for me, it was just like, well, why not? It's possible. You run the numbers just like you would, you know, a $500,000 deal. And if stuff pencils out, then yeah, it's a bigger risk, but at the same time, it's a bigger reward. And if you know who your end buyer is, you know who that client is going to be that's going to come in and buy the spec home and you know them well and what they want, then you can build to that capacity. And then it's just a matter of, you know, removing the roadblock. I think another big thing 
for me that's been helpful is, you know, the, the road of entrepreneurship can be a lonely one. But if you can find people and surround yourself with good people that think above what you think, then it can be game changing for your psyche, right? Like even being around Wes, we'll, we'll be at the office together and we'll be bouncing ideas off each other. And it just, it elevates my level of thinking that much more just by being in proximity. So I think back, so the first home that we built was like 550 and like the entry level home at that point was like 480. And I was like, you know, I'd heard a saying from Audie Smoot, actually, um, Lane Meyer, who's a builder, Lane Myers is a really high end builder that I respect. And he said that if you build a high quality product, someone will always pay more for something that's done right. And I believe that, like, I literally believe that. I thought, you know what, even though everybody else is paying under 500, I'm going to shoot for 550 and build a little bit better home put better quality, you know, appliances, better finishes. And like, literally we had that home sold three months before we finished it. I couldn't believe it. So I'm like, okay. Then I started looking at margins. I'm like, okay, well, how about I bump it up a little bit more? Um, so we bumped up again and it works. I'm like, okay, I'm going to just keep bumping it up till I feel like I can't. I think at that point, I, if you would have told me in 2017, we'd be, we'd be building $10 million homes in four years later, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Um, but I think that like having that internal gauge and going, okay, if we build a quality product, no matter what we do, if we do it right, somebody's going to pay for it. Um, so I think that was like what started it. Um, but then obviously I'm running the numbers and going, okay, cause actually it seems like the margins get better, the higher end you go and the higher end of luxury. So like theoretically the risk is higher, right? Cause yeah. you narrow your market of who can actually buy that home. Sure. Um, but like what we noticed in the Camas Valley was anything above 2 million last year when things started slowing down was still selling like okay so i knew i wanted to get out of like the entry level market because there was more competition so like that was like my first driver to go okay i want to remove ourselves from the, all the competition because nobody was building the two million dollar spec home they're like the first million dollar spec home we built like oh you're insane nobody's gonna buy that nobody's gonna pay for that night so i had that in my head for nine months first day of market we sold it um so i'm like okay we're building a quality product people are paying for it but then I'm like, okay, I want to remove myself from the competition and swim in a pond where there's less fish, right? And so, but every time we did it, it kept working. <laughs> so theoretically, it's going to keep working. But, um, you know, we found a price point um, in Camas Valley where we feel like this, this cross-even hatch where like the break-even point was, where if you were to spend X amount, your return is the biggest with spending the least amount of money. So that's kind of the product that Dave and I are really leaning into right now saying, hey, we know this works. Um, so that's kind of what that is. And then as we go to like the high end luxury market and these like on the golf courses and stuff, the margins are bigger, the higher you go. And so it just takes time to build your name and build your product and learn how to build these homes. There's different requirements and different things in these communities. Um, but I feel like people with a lot of money are still going to spend money on a house. You know, obviously I think it slows down a little bit too, even though people could pay cash for this home. People with a lot of money are smart too. You know, they may pull back a little bit, but I just feel like there's a lot of people specifically like our target market really is baby boomers. Like we, we know they're gonna be between 55 and 65. We know who's gonna buy this house. Um, a lot of these baby boomers, in my opinion, are selling businesses, they're retiring. So they, they have that money like, hey, it's time to buy. So that's kind of my, my go-to cards. It's like, hey, people are gonna spend, people, if they have the money to spend, they're gonna go for it. So in this luxury market, um, so, you know, hopefully we're right. We're going to find out <laughs> we've got this one on the market now for 10 days and, you know, the house of this price point doesn't sell overnight either. So, 
but we're expecting we're going into ski season, which is the best time to sell up here in Park City. So we should be good. We'll check back in a couple of weeks. We'll know. <laughs> yeah. Time can also be the asset too, right? We mentioned earlier that time can be the killer, but it can be the asset. This stuff doesn't happen overnight, right? It's a progressional train that happens day in, day out of being consistent, of doing things and showing up. And yeah, I mean, this house will sell eventually, right? Oh, yeah. What happens if it doesn't sell? I don't even go there. I mean, we have a plan. We have a backup plan. Like, I mean, we could rent this to owners. So there's there's 700 lots in this community. Um, they're 95% of them are sold. So you have, I think there's 250 homes that are built here. Uh -huh. um, so you have all these people who own lots in here that want to be here. So you can rent to owners in here. Okay. So the rental pool is insane. Like they're renting houses. I, what was it? Something came out the other day, like $3,000 a night or some crazy amount. It's like we could put this in a rental pool and theoretically rent this for the next year or two and ride it out and double what like our payment is on our interest to our investors. So, I mean, that is our plan B, but like literally I don't let my brain even go there. Like, it's just like, it's, it's, it's going to sell. Like we know it's going to sell. Um, I think once I, once I start going to that, that mindset is when I start going off a cliff. So I'm like, okay, I can't even go there. Like it's going to sell, but yes, we have a plan B in case that happens. But I think that, keeping your mind in a positive mindset, which is what I said I love about having Dave around. is like, no, dude, it's going to sell. Like, you got to keep going. Like, and, and, and again, if the market goes terrible, it's going to be terrible for everybody. It's like, we're all in the same boat. So yeah. I would rather try and fail than not try at all. Yeah. So that's, that's my big one is I'd rather do it and see what happens and then just sit on the couch and like, man, what if I would have built million dollar homes in the golf course community? They're like, Hey, we're doing it. And you know, I, I think we'll be rewarded eventually. Just have to have faith and hang on for a minute. Well, I think that's something to pay attention to. You look anywhere. I mean, I, I literally don't know what's happening in the news or the media. Like you go on my phone and go to the internet. I don't have a search bar that thing that pops up and shows me all the news articles. Like I pay attention to what's going on, but I can't let my head go to a place of negativity because as soon as you go there, I mean, it's a spiral, right? You really are. You jump, you're looking at the over, over the edge of the cliff and you're getting ready to jump. And so I think you can eliminate and can, you can eliminate and control what goes into your brain and what you feed it. So why not feed it the positivity? And like Wes said, we've had that conversation before. It's like, okay, well, you know, do we slow down on these other couple specs that we're working on right now? No, because if we slow down and stop, then, you know, what if it keeps going or if it doesn't then we're all going to be screwed together we'll find a an exit strategy we'll figure something else out like we might as well keep pushing forward and at the end of the day we know people are going to be moving to the country that's what we saw during COVID, right that was one of the big data points for me was people were buying these two million plus homes that had land because they wanted to get out of the hustle and bustle and so that's what our homes that we're building are they have land they're nice homes people can sell everything and move there and and they'll be they'll they'll be happy and and content with where they're at that's a really good point because i was in la a couple weekends ago um for a strategic coach event where like you know once a quarter i go and um work on my business instead of in my business mm -hmm. and um i just force of habit i started looking at like redfin or whatever and i'm looking at stuff that's in the santa monica area and you know, like a two-bedroom condo is selling for two million bucks. That's three blocks from the beach. And I'm like, I can't like imagine paying three million dollars for a two-bedroom condo. But for people there, it's probably normal. 
mm-hmm. right? And then exactly. they're coming and they're going, well, you know, the drive in here um, from from Salt Lake City were maybe 35, 40 minutes, yep. if that. And like, it took me 35 minutes to get six miles in LA yeah. to go to the airport to fly home. And so like what I view as normal, which is like, hey, we really don't have a ton of traffic. Like, obviously we have times where traffic is not great. Um, like last night when it snows and everyone forgets how to drive, <laughs> all the transplants, they just forget. Yep. Um, but you know, that then, but that's the anomaly. Like that's not every day. So I can really see how if somebody lives in downtown LA or, you know, somewhere that's very densely populated, not like Utah, right? Like Salt Lake County only has like 1.1 million residents versus who knows how many are in LA County, right? Just thinking about that. And then I go, okay, yeah, like logically, this probably looks like a bargain yep, to some yep. of those uh, you know, I hate saying those people, but like some of those people who like, that's their reality is, Hey, I'm living in a two bedroom condo for that's worth two or $3 million. Why not, you know, go and, you know, I can work remotely now. So why not live in this beautiful, is this like 7,000 square feet? 5,400. 5,400 yeah. feels a lot bigger. Right. So, uh, it's probably all the windows, but like, you know, we're looking across and you, you just see golf course and right now it's snowy and beautiful. And, um, you know, there's a little pond we see and, you know, minus all the excavation equipment, this is just a beautiful site that you yep. don't get in even downtown Salt Lake. You don't mm-hmm. get this. Like this, you can't replace. So I think you guys have nailed it with the location, you know, your price point's awesome. And yeah. It, well, it's another thing to add in there too, is like knowing your market. Right. And so we're not the highest end market here. So we're basically second tier. So if you were to go to Deer Valley, the condos are selling like we're a thousand dollars a square foot. That's basically what this community means. You're at, you know, an acre, acre and a half on the golf course, thousand bucks a square foot. In Deer Valley, condos are running twenty three hundred. And homes, there's 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 no more land. And so basically someone comes, say, from California and they go, Okay, I can buy a condo for twenty three hundred a square foot, or I can go buy a house on the golf course for a thousand square foot, which sounds ridiculous to somebody from Salt Lake because they're going, Oh my gosh, that house is five and a half million. Somebody coming from you know Chicago, New York, LA, they first go to Deer Valley, see a condo for twenty three hundred foot. Then they see this. This looks like a good deal. Yeah. And so that's actually what drove me to this community because I looked there first and I found one lot for three million. It was three million bucks just for the lot. Yeah. And I was thinking about it because I'm running the numbers and I'm like, man, this is a twenty million dollar home. The numbers are well, they're awesome. But then I came here and I went, wait a minute, this is a this is like it looks like a deal to somebody with money that's smart that's coming from out of state. It's like, wow, I can bring my family here. Obviously, there's a big club aspect to this community as well. Um, but like I said, I think that's something as an investor to look at and understand your markets and really know them inside and out. If you're going to invest and you're going to do this, look at the market through the eyes of a buyer and go, what would they think if they came here? And for me, I thought, man, they're going to come here and feel value. Even though this is not cheap by any means, they're going to come here and feel value comparatively speaking to what they just saw in Deer Valley. So how did you find this community from from there? Because I, I think that's interesting that, and you know, stepping back for a second, um, a lot of times I'm too ADHD too, where like I skip that step of like, hey, what is, what's what's the end in mind? What, the person that's gonna buy this house, what are they looking for? What's their demographic? And kind of get in their mind. And I love how you just played that out because it, it logically makes a lot of sense, but I'm so ADHD that I'm just like, 
you know, I start at A and all of a sudden I'm at Q and I've forgotten about however many letters are in between. Ready, fire, aim. <laughs> yeah, no, that, and that's totally it, right? And and for the last five, six, ten years, whatever, however long I've been investing, it's brought me success because I've been in the game and I think, you know, the next few years might get a little choppy, but the people that stay in the game are the ones that are going to, you know, like they may, might take a few losses on a few projects or whatnot, but overall, time in the market beats timing in the market, yep. right? Which I oh, think yeah. is what you guys alluded to before, like we'll figure it out. But um, kind of tell me, how did you find this community? Was it just searching online? Um, no, so obviously we li I live in Oakley, which is about 20 minutes from here. And the issue we're having is, is as we were building in the Camas Valley, we weren't able to find high-end lots to support our homes. So we're, mm -hmm. we're getting to where we're building a three, four, five million dollar home and we couldn't find lots to support that. Yeah. That were an acre, acre and a half. Like you could buy a big tract of land, a 20, 30 acre piece of land, but it was three, four million dollars. So like I, I had to go outside of the valley to actually start finding these lots. So I started looking at all these communities and, you know, above Jordan now, there's basically, I think, around 20,000 building permits mm -hmm. over the next few years. And there's, there's like six communities. So I literally spent like half the summer going to every single community, going in there, immersing myself in it, talking to the sales agents, looking around, meeting the people, driving around, looking at it. And um, there was one agent in particular, his name's Jason Selman. He's actually an Olympic athlete. And uh, he was building a spec home in Deer Valley. And I asked him, I said, dude, where's next? And he said, to hey. And I said, why? And he goes, amenities. He goes, it's an amenities race. All these people moving from out of state are looking for amenities. And Tuhe has the best amenities. And I was like, two what? What? And so I'm like, where? I did not know. I did, like, I'd driven by. I didn't even know how to pronounce it. So I'm like, that's where I'm going next. So I literally came here. And the minute I drove in here, I'm like, wow, this is it. Um, just kind of looked around. So I think it was the research because it wasn't traditionally my method was to really do that type of research. Cause I'm the ADD kid that just jumps in and does stuff and figures it out, which I still have that attribute. And I'm actually proud of it now because sometimes I have to be dumb enough to do it. Cause a lot of times I think a lot of investors will agree that if you knew how hard it was going to be, you would have never done it. Right? Like how many projects mm -hmm. have you done? Like if I would have known, I would never done it, but I'm glad I did it. It's like crazy kids. <laughs> At the end of the day, you're so proud and glad you did. Right. But it's the truth in the middle. If you know how hard it is to be, you might, you might've reconsidered. So, I mean, to a certain aspect, that's how this has been. If I would have known how hard it was going to be, I might not have done it, but I'm so glad we pushed through and did do it because it's been amazing. But, um, and then again, there's a barrier to entry too. It's not easy. So it's going to keep a lot of people out because it isn't easy. Like if you're going to do anything really in life, there's a barrier to entry, but you're going to have to push through when it gets hard because inevitably whatever you do, it's going to get hard. Um, but anyway, we, we kept to the, we kept working and fighting and, you know, we, we made all the connections in here. It was a really intricate web of, people and um, personalities and, you know, between the architecture review committee and the, the building guys and the designers. Yeah, there's been a ton, but we've learned so much. I mean, we've really learned so much. It's been so grateful for it. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the, the process. And eventually we're headed to Deer Valley. That's like on our, on my plans is like, I want to be, be building homes in Deer Valley within the next two or three years and doing 20, $30 million homes. Um, I think that's the progression that we're on. And there's even some some deals that are starting to come across our plate right now that are starting to look like that. Um, and for really high net worth individuals, they're starting to recognize what we're doing and starting to come to us and you know presenting projects that we might be interested in. So we're able to start rubbing shoulders with people like that, which has been fun. I mean, it's amazing. That's ultimately, 
Like we're having fun what we're doing. Like we really are. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but literally like we're having a blast. Like me and David high-fiving each other in the office and cheering our buddies, the loan officer above us. He can hear us cheering through the floor. He's texting us like, hey, what, what happened, guys? <laughs> What's the celebration? What'd you guys do? <laughs> <laughs> right? But we literally are having fun. And I think too, it's like we're connecting. I'm getting on a tangent here. I'm digressing. But um, like it was awesome when I started networking with Dave. Like I'm like, I want to really like meet high value people as in like character. Um, and I think that's been one thing for me is like networking with people of high character and like literally we've been attracting so many more people of high character. It's been amazing. Like it's just been it's giving me chills to think about because like all these amazing guys, because like in my, um, I guess my process throughout growing and doing real estate, like I've come across a lot of shady people. I'm sure you have talked about apartments and doing different things. Um, but as we're going, we're attracting these other high integrity people. Um, I think that's one thing as a fireman that taught me. I mean, obviously as a fireman, you're held to a higher standard. So like in a way, I think of that as us as builders, like we're held to a higher standard. Like people expect more out of us, um, but it's happening. Like we're just attracting all these awesome people and all these pieces to this team and we're growing our team as we go. And it's been fun, right? It's been awesome. And you know, again, like it's part of that journey too. Cause I was just thinking, you know, of the progression that through this conversation even right we started doing this what six seven eight years ago and you're talking in a 10-year span you went from five hundred thousand to you know 20 something million like you've got to commit to the process and just be willing and then you know like wes was talking about too the people that you surround yourself with when you start doing the right things then people just begin to become attracted to you and what you're doing and it all just falls into place and you can't rush it like you can't, no matter how hard you want to try and do it, you can't rush it. It just takes time to, to work it out. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. There's a lot to go into, but I wanted specifically to kind of go deeper on mindset with you guys because we were talking about that before we started recording and the conversation was so good that I was like, <laughs> stop, I gotta stop this. Because <laughs> we got to get this content out. Like it's, it's, it, it was a great conversation, right? And um, so, I mean, yeah, let, let's go into mindset. And I think that's a great segue off of what you just said, because I think there's maybe two types of people, not to stereotype or anything, but there's people that aren't growing. And then there's people that are growing. And like you said, where the universe is kind of attracting those high integrity people in, like obviously some duds might filter in, but you filter them out. Um, because just because you can afford them a $5 million house doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you guys want to be in relationship with somebody like that. Right. Um, which is, you know, yeah, like I think you guys will just filter that out, but it's a different mindset. Right. And, um, we were kind of talking before on just going from changing your mindset and be going from being a real estate agent. Right. Which, um, I think all three of us are at some stage of this transition where, we're going from a real estate agent to, hey, I'm an investor that just happens to have his real estate license, right? Like, um, I, you know, I've got some goals to kind of step out of production um, and then still oversee and help our clients invest and, and do everything because I committed to it and I feel like we should keep going. But, um, you know, I, I need to get to that next version of myself and that next level, right? So maybe speak to me on where your guys' mindset is at there and maybe a struggle you've had and how you're working it. Well, I think the first thing is you've got to learn what the right questions to ask yourself are to go to that next level. 
Um, and some of the ways that you can do that. I mean, you know, we've talked about coaching. We've talked about, you know, all the different resources that are out there. And, and I'd say just, you know, somebody starting new, it's like, look, if you have money, go find a really good coach. If you don't have money, there's a library. You can go and you can, there's thousands and hundreds of thousands of books out there that you can read and, you know, look at different biographies of people, look at all these different stories, and it'll start to train your mindset and your brain to think differently. Uh, and going from that, um, you know, agent investor mindset shift. Wes, Wes gives me tons of crap about it all the time. And I, and I see the value though, from the agent side, you know, like you've mentioned where you're trying to build your team because it, it's a business, right? The real estate agent path is a business. And so if you can figure out how to create a really good operating business where, you know, I think EXP is given a lot of opportunity there too, um, with, with that model. So I think it's a piece of the equation, but again, you only have so much time and focus and energy that you can put into stuff. And so, you know, what's the highest dollar value? What's, what are the things you like the most to do? Um, those are gonna be parts of the equation too. And so I don't know if there's a, a right answer, but I think you really have to start to train yourself to say, okay, is this gonna get me where I wanna go? Or is it gonna keep me on a different path from going to where I wanna go? Yeah. No, I, I think Brandon Turner was talking about is like, hey, if a ship like goes out of the harbor and it's heading across the ocean, if it doesn't have like an exact roadmap of where it's going to go, it's just going to do circles in the ocean. I think that's what I did for a long time. It's like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Like I was looking at like doing storage units and I was going to do mobile home parks and I was going to do multifamily and there's all these different things I was going to do. Um, and I finally really sat down and like identified, okay, what do I want to do? Like, what's my path? And I think like getting laser focused on what your path is and that path may change after six months, a year, two, three, whatever it is, like you change your identity every three or four years. Right. Um, but for me, it was like getting really specific on what I wanted to do, which I inevitably sat down like, wait, dude, you build high end custom homes. Like you're, you're not a mobile home park investor. You're not a storage unit guy. Like you build custom homes and maybe in five years, you'll be a mobile home park guy or a storage unit guy. But for now you have to focus. Um, for me personally, um, there's like two things. Um, one was like being physically fit. I feel like that helps your mindset so tremendously. Um, and I don't think it's a judgment thing. I think just literally like, you know, you're working out, you get those endorphins, your brain is working at a higher level. Um, like that's been huge for me. Like if you don't know where to start, like take care of your body, you only have one. Um, two has been podcasts. Like literally like I'm, I don't like to read. Um, I've learned to read, to sit down and read, but listening to podcasts, like you can literally get in a conversation like we're having right now with billionaires and understand their mindset. And some of it I've listened to, I'm like, I don't want to be that way. So I take the good and I leave the bad, but like being able to listen to Elon Musk, talk to somebody or Joe Rogan, like when, when I was in college or even in high school, like I couldn't get in a room like that and listen to that. So I'm almost jealous of younger kids coming up that they literally have zero excuse not to be able to do anything they want in this world. Cause for free, they can turn on YouTube and start listening to investors, to people that they, they like, or that they admire. And you don't even have to go to the library anymore. You can literally sit down and do it. And so, like I said, like for me, I started listening to podcasts and listening to investing podcasts and learning all about high end custom homes and educating myself and learning and growing, learning about construction techniques and just like, just diving in. Um, 
but then, you know, reading books started happening. I started reading like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, you know, like that was a start for a lot of investors, obviously. The Purple Bible. The, mm-hmm. That's right, baby. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? But, but it goes back to it, right? The four, the four cash flow quadrants yep. is, you know, the first like a W-2 job, right? And then the, the, the one you want to get into is an investor. So, I mean, that's, correct me if I'm wrong, it's been a minute since I read it, but being an investor. But, but anyway, I think that mindset was help, able to help me create this mindset where maybe I really believe that like, you have to believe it in your mind first before it happens, right? And you have to really believe it though. You can't just say like, I'm going to be an investor. Like, dude, you really have to believe it. Well, how do you believe it? You start learning, you're growing, you're getting better. But I, I think you attract those things through hard work though. Like you literally have to train your mind to believe it, that you, that I'm like, hey, I'm going to be a high investor. We're going to, we're going to build million dollar homes. I believed it. I knew I was going to, but then working hard. Like, you know, you hear the whole saying, saying like, oh, you don't like people that really make money don't work hard BS. Like you got to work your butt off. Like we've been doing this for a long time. And I do believe eventually you'll start attracting money as you grow in your process. But when you're beginning, you got to hustle, you got to work hard, you know? So there's a lot of pieces that are there, but it's all in front of you. Like you can go research it. You can go listen to it. You can start immersing yourself in podcasts. Like you can learn everything you need to know for free. So and showing up and doing it too. I mean, for me, you know, coming into this, the home building world, yeah, I'd flip some homes and stuff, but the new build is a totally different thing. So how do I learn? Well, I go to a job site, I walk through it. You know, I, I go walk other houses. You go to the um, Park City Home Showcase and look at the houses, look at what people are doing. You start following, you know, designers on Instagram, start following builders on Instagram and just learning everything that I can as I'm going through the process. And I feel like I can shortcut my learning because you know I've got access to Wes, I've got access to all these other resources, and it gives me everything I need to to find the success as long as my head's in the game and I know where I want to go. Right, I've got that target and I know where I'm focused, and I know what my path and my roadmap looks like. There's going to be bumps, there's going to be detours, but you know at the end where you want to end up, you're going to get there. So good. So as you guys have been talking, I've three things have stood out to me. One is you know, who you surround yourself matters. Second is like you can have this vision board and uh, you can put all this frou-frou-y stuff out there into the universe, but if you don't have hard work, like you, you'll probably never get to it, right? Which is why most people I think are living paycheck to paycheck. They're in a job they hate, but they're stuck um, because they just, they don't put in the extra work. They'd rather go watch Netflix for five hours after work than figure out, hey, how can I do a side hustle? How can I go flip a home, you know, to make an extra 10, 20, 30, $40,000 so that I can buy my freedom back, buy my time back little by little, right? And then the third thing that you said, Dave, that I loved is like you figure out a way to put yourself in an environment that inspires you, right? I remember... Six or seven years ago, my wife and I, we would go to the Parade of Homes every single Mm -hmm. year. And, you know, at the time we were looking at like $750,000 houses and we were just like, mind is blown. Yep. (laughs) And, you know, people can't see the the hand gestures, but the mind is just blown. And you're just like, you know, and at the time, like, uh, I think the first house we ever bought, we paid $165,000 for a three bed, two and a half bath townhouse in West Jordan. Right. It was a Fannie Mae foreclosure. We had to redo the carpets and paint and it just, it stunk. And we were, 
we were living in it six months and our AC went out and we had to figure out how to come up with 3000 bucks to fix our AC because we had a newborn baby and it was 99 degrees inside, mm-hmm. you know, like, and then just pushing through all of that kind of like to your point, uh, it, it made us into who we've become yep. little by little. Right. But had we just like thrown our hands up and not wanted to grow, yeah, that's totally fine. But we would probably still be in that same house comfortable with a $600 payment or whatever the heck it was like, you know, and now our mortgage is a few dollars more than that, but like, um, you know, just getting in environments that inspire you and there's ways to do it for free, you know, or at least a minimal cost. Like what is it? 25 bucks to get a ticket to the park city's showcase. Mm -hmm. Yep. And you can go and tour these types of houses. And, you know, my wife and I, every year we try to plan our next year out as far as like, you know, we sit down and we're like, okay, when are we traveling as a couple? When are we traveling as a family? How are we working work in? And we always try to go somewhere that inspires us, right? So last year we went to the montage mm-hmm. and yeah. it was a phenomenal, phenomenal time, right? Cause we were literally in these gorgeous mountains and it's just inspiring. Even being in your guys' house, I love how beautiful it is. It's inspiring. Yep. Right. Thank you. But to get to the next level, and I'm, you guys are the same, right? Like you want to be building in Deer Valley. Yeah. Well, you've got to get to Deer Valley before you can see yourself building in Deer Valley, right? So, yeah. but you've got to do the hard work. Yep. So, um, yeah, I love what you guys have done here. Um, we got to wrap it up because I try to keep my podcast under an hour, and you guys are uh, bringing such good content. I hate <laughs> to wrap this up, but. Where can people find out more about you? And um, yeah, how can they get involved if they're interested in maybe being a passive investor with you guys? So we're all over social media. Um, you can just look up Wes, uh, or Wes, let's see, who is it? Wes Harwood, Harwood Homes. Homes. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm David S. Deal Real Estate. Um, you can also go to harwoodhomes.com and there's some info on there. Um, but yeah, just connect with us on social, probably be the easiest, and then just shoot us a DM and we're happy to answer any questions you have. Okay. Awesome. Well, with that, unless you guys have anything to add, we'll wrap it up. I've got one final thought, Jordy, just as you were talking, telling your story, I think, you know, a big thing that people can do is just realize, look, you're not alone and other people have gone through the same journey and the same path that you want to. So go and listen to those stories on your podcast, go and find other podcasts that you relate to and realize that if you just keep putting one step in front of the other, you can get to any dream that you have. Well, I'm not going to try to top that. You can't. Nor should I. Right? That's the cherry on top. So with that, thanks for listening in. Thank you guys for the great conversation. And we'll see you guys later. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Financially Free Investor. If you found value in this episode or know someone who would find value in this information, please share with them, subscribe, and send us a review.